Our uh, scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Luke, and uh, this is a story coming off of the story of Mary receiving the news that she would be with child by the Holy Spirit. And so let us uh, hear the words that we see and hear today. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. So I have a question. Uh, if you feel uh, like you're willing to share this information, how many of you are at least somewhat familiar with the app Spotify? Any Spotify hands, fans? Yes, okay, very good. So uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Spotify, it is essentially a music streaming service that you can listen to pretty much any song uh, at all uh, just by searching for it and clicking on the app on your phone. I'm a pretty big fan of Spotify myself. So every for those who are avid fans of Spotify, you know that a couple of weeks ago, what popped up on your Spotify app was something called Spotify Wrapped, W-R-A-P-P-E-D. And what Spotify did was to take uh, Spotify, uh, you may or may not know it, of course, perhaps not surprisingly, is taking all of your choices and it is putting that away, trying to sometimes say, you might like this or you might like that, but it's counting all of the minutes that you listen, all of the artists that you listen to, all the genres. And every year in early December, it gives you this summary of what you listened to for the past year. So for those of you watching online, if you have, uh, have Spotify wrapped, if you want to put on the chat what your top artist was or genre or whatever, feel free to do so. So what it does in the Spotify wrapped, it gives you a summary. Here's who you listened to this past year. Here's where your top five artists. Here were your top five genres. Here's how many minutes you listened to, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but this past year I listened to 28,000 minutes of music 
on Spotify, which apparently puts me in the top 20 percentile. So I'm making the most of the monthly uh, money that I'm giving to Spotify. And then it also tells you such things as uh, something called an audio aura. Uh, I don't really know what this means, but my audio aura this year was focused and yearning. Uh, I have no idea what that means. And they also give you colors as well. Uh, and so also, as you're watching your summary of all the things that you listen to, it then begins to put together a movie. Well, not a literal movie, but it says, if your life this year was a movie, here is what your soundtrack would be. And so it gives you certain songs, let's see, possible things that you may have been doing this past year. So all of this Spotify wrapped, unsurprisingly, is really all about you. It's what you listened to, it's what inspired you, it's what helped you keep you going. If your life was a movie, here's the music that would have been playing underneath all of the different things that you did. And that makes sense, of course, because a Spotify account, that's your thing. That's what you are listening to. Music is one of those things that helps get us through the day. We have been doing this sermon series about joy in the midst of weariness. And if we were to take time today to ask you, what are some things that help you through the day, especially on days when you feel tired or when you are feeling just exhausted, and I were to ask you those things, what gets you through the day? You may want to make the pastor happy, say, oh, I pray, uh, or you know, I do my devotions or whatever. And then you might also say music. Music is the thing that gets me through. Music is the thing that brings me joy. And you might have a song or songs that you need, if ever you need a pick-me-up or whatever. Music is the thing that helps get you through. Music, of course, is also the thing that helps us during this season. When we think about Advent, when we think about Christmas, songs are going to come to mind. I will often ask people during this time of the year, what are your favorite songs? And of course, Silent Night is right up there. Oh, Holy Night is right up there. I also ask people, what are your least favorite Christmas songs? And this year, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer seems to be kind of at the low end of that list. So music also is important for this season. When we think about how we can find joy in the midst of weariness, the songs that we sing are a key part of that, or can be a key part of that. Not just songs that we might listen to on Spotify, not only things that we might pull out our CDs or our cassette tapes or our albums or our 8-track, whatever it is that we listen to music, not only that, but it's also the songs that we sing, both perhaps literally or metaphorically, the songs that we sing that bespeak joy and resilience and perseverance in the midst of the weariness. We see that in our text today from the Gospel of Luke. So again, as I noted, Mary has just found out a visitation from the heavens that she would be with child, and it would be by the Holy Spirit, and that she would give birth to Jesus, the Messiah. And so, of course, some of her famous responses are, understandably, first saying, how can this be? She is not yet wed. But then she responds by saying, let it be with me. So, now we come into our scripture passage today. This is what we have heard 
what Mary's response is. Well, the first thing, as you might imagine, when you get news like this, you have to tell somebody. And so scholars believe this journey was no short journey. They estimate it might have been about 80 miles, 80 miles from Mary to traverse to go and see Elizabeth. And she had to do that because she had to tell somebody, you are never going to believe what has happened to me. So as she approaches Elizabeth, she is no doubt exhausted physically from that long journey. She has to be exhausted emotionally and spiritually all along that journey trying to figure out what is happening in my life. What do I make of what is going on right now in me? And so as soon as she approaches Elizabeth, Elizabeth responds with a literal gut feeling, saying, what has happened to you is amazing. How can it be that I am blessed to be in your presence? So now Mary has affirmation. So now all kinds of weariness must be upon her. She knows why wow, this is real. This is really going to happen. So then what is Mary's response? She sings. Music is the thing that she responds to. As a way to say, this is what is happening to me, and the only way that she can express that in the midst of the weariness is to sing. And that's what we have here today, often known as the Magnificat. So you may have heard this put to music in lots of different ways. But there are two things that I noticed about how Mary creates this song, which is also drawn from 1 Samuel 2 in the song of Hannah. Mary first, the first part of this, she sings about her own life, what's going on in her, and her relationship with God. So she says this, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. She responds what's going on in her own life and her relationship to God. That is initially the song <clears throat> that she sings, which is understandable. When we think about what is the song that I sing, what is the music that I respond to in the midst of my own weariness and tiredness, we think about what's going on with me and my own relationship with God. This is how Mary responds. In the midst of everything else, she talks about that relationship just her and the Lord. When I was thinking about this uh, this week and I think about singing or song as a response to weariness, <clears throat> I thought about a song that I'm guessing many of you know well, Precious Lord. If you want to take a look at that hymn as I'm talking about it, it's number 474 in your hymnals. And at home, if you want to... <clears throat> Google it real quick. Uh, Thomas Dorsey wrote this. I want to read to you, this is an interview that he did. I don't know if you know the background of how this hymn came to be. But look, especially, let's just look at the first stanza together and the emotions that are going on here in this artist. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. Let me stand, I'm tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, 
Lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. How many of us have felt that? I am tired. I am weak. I am warm. So here's the story of this hymn. This is, a, again, an interview that he gave. <clears throat> Back in 1932, when I was 32 years old and a fairly new husband, my wife Nettie and I were living in a little apartment on Chicago's south side. One hot August afternoon, I had to go to St. Louis, where I was to be the featured soloist at a large revival meeting. I didn't want to go. Nettie was in the last month of pregnancy with our first child, but a lot of people were expecting me in St. Louis. In the steaming St. Louis heat, the crowd called me to sing again and again. And when I finally sat down, a messenger boy ran with a Western Union telegram. I ripped open the envelope, posted on the yellow sheet were the words, your wife just died. When I got back, I learned that Nettie had given birth to a boy. I swung between grief and joy, yet that night, the baby died. I buried Nettie and our little boy together in the same casket. Then I fell apart. For days, I closeted myself. I felt that God had done me an injustice. I didn't want to serve him anymore or write gospel songs. I just wanted to go back to that jazz world I once knew so well. But still, I was lost in grief. Everyone was kind to me, especially a friend, Professor Fry, who seemed to know what I needed. On the following Saturday evening, he took me up to Malone's Poro College, a neighborhood music school. It was quiet. The late evening sun crept through the curtain windows. I sat down at the piano, and my hands began to browse over the keys. And he, a tune came to his mind, the tune called Maitland, and in that space, he started to write these words. After having gone through an unimaginable, unimaginable thing, all he could do was to cry out and to lament, Precious Lord, precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Perhaps one of the ways that he could only get through this unimaginable tragedy was to sing his own song in the midst of everything else. His response was a song. What is your response in the midst of these kinds of things? Do we have the courage to sing? Sometimes, understandably, it is hard, unbelievably hard, nearly impossible. But whatever it is, still we are called to sing, especially out of our own heart, what we are feeling and our relationship with God. That's the first part of this song that Mary sang, the power that the song can have. But she doesn't stop there. Because this soundtrack to Mary's life isn't just about her and her relationship with God. She continues on, and she sings, God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Do we let those words really sink in? So often, of course, in this season, we have these really beautiful, wonderful pictures of the sweet Mary. And here, this is radical stuff. God has brought down the powerful from the throne to lifted up the lonely, filled with hungry with good things, sent the rich away empty. Mary is not messing around with this part of the song. And she realizes it's not just a song about me and my relationship with God, though that's important, but it also, she takes a turn, and the song is about others, particularly the marginalized, particularly those who have been forgotten. So this song that she sings is also about so many. In the midst of the weariness that she sees and projects, because she too is marginalized, a refugee on the run, she sings for those who are like her, who are forgotten, who are marginalized. We have been doing this uh, study throughout Advent. We're meeting and talking about uh, African-American spirituals that are connected to Advent and to Christmas. And our final gathering is this Tuesday, and we're going to focus on the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And as we look at this song, the authors of this book are reminding us that it is not unusual, especially in the civil rights movement, for those who are living into this movement, for them to take popular spirituals and to change the words, to change the words to fit what people were experiencing at that time. So in the book, of course, you may know the civil rights activist Fannie Lou Hamer, who became involved with the civil rights movement in 1962 when she was 44 in her home state of Mississippi. The first time that she went out, she was trying to get people registered and to go vote. So they went to Indianola, Mississippi. And while they were there, the clerk of court told Hamer that she had to copy and interpret the section of the Mississippi Constitution that deals with de facto laws. And of course, she, as I'm sure any of us, failed that test. And then she got pulled over because their bus was too yellow, saying it was too confusing for a school bus. And so people were upset, and they were about ready to confront those authorities. And Fannie Lou Hamer started not to shout, but to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then she changed the words, Jesus gave it to me now. I'm going to let it shine. I've got the light of freedom. I'm going to let it shine all over the delta. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. It was through a song, through the power of music that Fannie Lou Hamer, that was one of the many ways that she had an impact for justice and for equity for those who were marginalized as forgotten. She knew the song wasn't just about her. It was about so many who were forgotten. And she also did that with Go Tell It on the Mountain. She would go and say, Go Tell It on the Mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go Tell It on the Mountain to let my people go. She would pull the story of Paul and Silas in jail. Let my people go. Had no money for their bail. Let my people go. Paul and Silas began to shout, let my people go. Jail door opened and they walked out. Let my people go. And as we 
search through the hymnal for go tell on the mountain. We're like, that's not in the hymnal. But instead, it was her response to what was going on right in front of her, people who were unjustly jailed. So her response was to sing a song of justice. That was their way of being resilient, to keep on keeping on, and even perhaps in the midst of it, to find some joy in what God was doing with them in that time. And so the question comes back to us. When we think about our own lives, we want to imagine our lives as a movie, we want to see what's going on in our own lives, then the question, I think, is, in the midst of our weariness, how can we find joy? Then another question might be, what is the song that you sing? And can you make the decision to continue to sing, even in the midst of the news, or it seems like there is setback after setback after setback? Will you begin to say, like Mary, like Fannie Lou Hamer, like Thomas Dorsey, still I will sing. No matter what's going on in my life, will I have the courage? Will I find the words? Will I be able to connect with God so that my voice will still be heard? not just about my own relationship with God, but also making sure that the marginalized are not forgotten too. Still I will sing, still I will sing, still I will sing. Will that be our chorus as we continue to live into this mystery and the unknowing and the uncertainty? Friends, may we be inspired by Mary for her ability to continue on in the midst of the unknowing. May we be inspired by Thomas Dorsey who in the midst of deep sorrow and lament still was able to cry out. May we be inspired by Fannie Lou Hamer, who in the midst of injustice would take the songs that she knew so well to make sure that others heard it a new way. What is the song that you will sing? I hope that God is with you in the midst of it because we need to hear your voices now more than ever. And may the Spirit come upon you so that you have the words and that God will provide the music so that you continue to cry out and others can hear your voice. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of song. There are days when our emotions are so caught up and we don't know what to say, how to express the things that we are feeling. And so I pray that you would help us to be able to find the words, to be able to assist the sustenance and the courage to continue to sing, drawn by our ancestors in the faith who showed us the way. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>